while Sam struggles to get her headphones on. They're all wrapped up in the... Okay, I think I got it. Life is hard. Sometimes it is like It is a little hard, Matt. Mm-hmm. And how? Am I too far away from the mic? Oh, there we go. Oh, what's that? It's a moister stout. A moister stout? That yeah. doesn't look like a moister stout. Yeah, it's really moist. Mm. My favorite baseball player growing up was Moises Alou. Is that his real name? I mean, with moist in it. Anyway, I'm not going to use the word moist the entire time today, but I'd like to. Anyways, no, that uh, that is a field of green from Fort George Brewing. Oh. Have you ever heard of Fort George before? I have. Oh. What major life event happened between um, the last time we podcast and now we at had Fort a, George? We had a three-way. At? Fort George. At? Our... What's the one where the girls turn 16 years old and, and the Mexican birthday parties? At Quinceanera. Yeah, was it one of those? No. Oh. But somebody was wearing a white dress. It was me. We got married. Oh, we were in sin prior to that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How embarrassing for you. Or I was you. in a, I was in a skirt, so who cares? You are. Anyways, welcome to podcast. I actually have no idea what number it is because we were on a hiatus for a while over the summer where we traveled a lot. We got married. We went to Europe. We drank a lot. Um, uh, and we and we put the podcast on pause for a minute. Yeah. But we're back and I actually have a full schedule of podcasts that we need to do. So be oh, we prepared. Have tons to of the, ideas that we've come up with between the last time we podcasted and now. And like some of them just like won't even come through uh, fruition because we waited so long. Anyways, but we're back. I know you people desperately missed us uh, while we're on hiatus. I had multiple people tell me that they started subscribing to us. And I'm like, cool. We haven't recorded in a while. Oh, no, not at all. But guess what? They're going to get some notification soon that says, bring beer is happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, welcome back. Um, I missed you guys, all three of our listeners now. You are, uh, you're the ones that made, really made me whole. Oh, hi, Leichner. <laughs> Anyways. Hope the new um, baby's doing well. <laughs> No, everybody knows that he has a baby, and he looks great, though. He really does. Yeah. Very like you'd even know that he had a baby. Mm-mm. Anyway, so what's uh, what's on our docket today? Wait, wait, what, hold on. You, saw, you know that I'm drinking a fog. Feels a green. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Featherstone, a strawberry lemonade sour ale from Urban Family. Oh, you decided not to go with the White Claw? I decided not to go with the, li- with the White Claw. This There's time. no law when you're drinking the Claw. Um, I, law enforcement has come forward and said that they disagree with that statement <laughs> and they're not okay with those shirts. <laughs> uh, you know what though? White Claw owned by AB. Yeah. Mm. Uh, truly on the other hand, owned by Boston beer company, which just bought out Dogfish head. Um, so I don't know if they're bad guys now. Yeah. Are, are we, guys? are we for or against them at this point? I have nothing against Boston beer company because was the last time you had a Boston lager? From Samuel Adams Brewing. Me personally? Yeah. Probably like eight years. Yeah, the one where they don't have Sam Adams on the logo. Yeah. Paul, Paul Revere. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah, you know, whatever. You use what you got. Dirty fucking dangles, boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In other news, Matt's been watching a lot of the show called Letterkenny. It's so good. I wish you watch it. Yeah. You want to turn this into a, a Canadian show about a small town 
Um, it, it's pretty funny. It's weird. Like, Can we just turn this into a Letterkenny uh, podcast? I mean, later. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were we talking about before that? Oh, that there's no law when you're drinking the claw? Oh, yeah. Um, I do like I do like some of the hard ciders though. Like I like the um, there's a couple of local ones that I will the support. The San Juan uh, Cider Company I like. No Lie has their own line of uh, ciders mm-hmm. or not ciders. I'm sorry, seltzers. Um, I make that mistake that all really the time. Good. And then um, Bon and Vic I think is what it's called or Vic and Bon. I don't know. It's got mermaids on the label. Um, those ones are really good too. I don't know if they're a local company or not. Are those considered beer though? No. There's a gazillion articles about how they're going to take over the craft beer scene, but I don't believe fat people like me are going to start drinking Claw anytime soon. No, but for somebody like me who doesn't want to drink a lot of cheap beer at a tailgate, a, a seltzer is a great alternative because it's not heavy like a craft beer, but it's not um, high alcohol either, so you can kind of... Just drink some Coors like the rest of us. It makes me so bloated sometimes. Yeah, but it's good for you. It's like liquid bread, and nobody's ever said bread's bad for you. Mm. Carbs. It's energy. Energy. So you're going to carb up before a run with like a couple good cores? It worked for Michael Scott. Yeah, he threw up at the end of that episode. He got lighter so he could run faster. Hashtag science. Run for rabies. Hurt us. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what's our, uh, what is on the docket for today? We're talking about a couple things. First off, we're going to talk about trends. Yeah. So I got an article from the nine craft beer trends that you'll be tired of in 2019. We were over halfway through it. I'm wanting a little update to see if we're tired of these trends. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, dog-friendly bars we've been to because summertime's a great time to take Fido to a bar or tap room or wherever you want because dogs mm-hmm. are better than kids. Let's all agree. Just some good places to drink with your dog. Yesterday was one of those Instagram holidays that I don't think is actually real. International Dog Day. Oh, and do we take your dog anywhere? Uh, no. Oh, because that was Monday. No, but Sunday we took our dog somewhere. Was it Sunday? We did. No, it was Monday, but we did take him somewhere on Sunday. Okay. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Let's do trends. All right. So here we go. I got an, uh, the Thrillist. You know the Thrillist website? Yes. Thrillist. They do a lot of... Uh, They're kind of kind of like a BuzzFeed, it's right? Like a, it's like a more wordy BuzzFeed. Okay. In my opinion. Less memes, more words. Yeah, so we got an article by two people who probably fancy themselves as beer drinkers. We don't know. They got funny names. Urza Johnson Greenough. Greenough? I don't know. And Andy Kurza. Okay. Our names are just like John Smith or DeAndre Nathaniel Are we Bonerstein. allowed to say what their names are? I mean, I assume that we're just giving them credit for it, Yeah, they're right? getting credit. I mean, that's okay. an article they wrote. That's Okay. I mean, they, they, they took a stab about some trends, and they're actually right on a couple of them. Just one and the other one. So here we go. Okay. There's This is the top is nine. This, is this kind of an agree or disagree situation? Yeah, we're just going to okay. discuss if we think that this trend we're tired of or not. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Anyways, so the first one they recommended or said that they're tired of, and we should be tired of too, glitter beer. And I don't know if that was a trend or just a fun thing a couple breweries did, but how many times did you actually see glitter beer? I think in, in the wild, I think I saw glitter beer... Three times, twice I, at a beer, twice at Washington Beer Festival, each year in a row, and then didn't Marley had one on tap? Yeah, they did one with, with Airways. Airways, yeah. Um, so I've only seen it like three times in the real world. And two of them that I've seen in the wild of the the breweries don't exist anymore. Oh, Mollusk and Illuminati. Does Mollusk officially not exist anymore? Yeah, Dexter's Brew House does not exist. Okay. So, anyways, 
And I oh I saw it at a uh, brew laboratory brew laboratory in uh, Portland one time also. Okay. And that was it. And I'm I think brew lab- I'm going to be there in two weeks. So we'll find out. Is it labor laboratory laboratory brew laboratory? I don't know. I couldn't even when I have that I'm in the brewery seat. I'm drinking the beers. I don't think I can pronounce that damn brewery name. Brew brew laboratory. Brew, I don't know. Is it's, it brew laboratory or brew laboratory? Laboratory. I think it's Labrutory. Labrutory. People in Portland help us out. Tell them to have a normal name. But it's a... Uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of clever. You're kind of clever. I mean, it's a little hard to pronounce, especially yeah, if well, you've had a couple drinks. Yeah, when you're Imagine drunk. Imagine trying to... Libertarian. Tell your Uber driver where to go. Yeah, they're going to be the laboratory. What are you talking about, sir? So anyways, are you tired of glitter beers? Um, me? I, I just don't, me, I, no. I just don't think it was a trend. I'm just... I don't, I don't care. I know that a lot <laughs> of people like don't like them, but I don't care enough to be mad at it and i think that it can be fun for certain things like i think that if you're brewing a beer for like a special occasion and it warrants being a glitter beer like fucking go for it and make a glitter beer i think they're fun there are i know that a lot of people hate beer snobs the people on uh bts (laughs) yeah beer tasting seattle which is a very snooty group and i think they will most people on there would admit to that uh they just like someone poop their pants about and so much anger well they all think that you're gonna poop glitter I want to fart glitter. That's what I want to do. Oh, man. You know when you take your lighter and you do your button, poof. I want to do that with glitter. Like one of those confetti bombs that yeah. goes off glitter on Glitter bomb. Ears. Boom. A bed of toots. I'm, you can't disagree that it would make it more whimsical. Yeah. Everybody loves that. All right. So okay. we both agree that nobody gives a flying shit about that first one. I just like, I mean, I can kind of take it or leave it. I think it's kind of fun, but like if everybody hates it all together and we decide we don't want to do it, then I don't really, I'm not going to fight you over it. So this next one, we this is the one we had the most discussion with because when we're reading the article, we're like, okay. Mm, so the pathological obsession with newness. I am obsessed with new beers. When I, like, I just got my 5,000 unique check-in on Untapped. I constantly am drinking new awesome beers. I get what they're saying about having like a flagship beer, like perfecting one recipe and doing it really, really well. And I think that there's something to be said for that. But I also think that I think it gets stagnant. I think if you're not going to be introducing new things or trying something different, like, you know, you want to eat the same meal every day for the rest of your life. Or do you want to try something new every time? No, but occasionally it's nice to know that when I'm going to McDonald's, I'm going to get the same hamburger. Well, and that's basically what they describe because they're like, hey, maybe you should drink Samuel Adams, Boston Lager Morphin, or Deschutes Mirapon, or New Belgium's Fat Tire. Okay. I mean, I think those beers will always be drank, though. Like, I think that Deschutes will always stick with some of their classics. Red Hook stick with a bunch of their classics for the longest time until they started getting stagnant. And so they decided to switch it up and change their menus. Yeah, but think about, like, what's Cloudburst's flagship beer? They got, like, the happy little clouds pills in there. They remade a couple times. But every time's a new IPA, right? What's the best? What's one of the best breweries in Seattle? Cloudburst. Cloudburst, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, some like every, like Skookum, and they have their Jackass IPA. That's their staple. That's yeah, their flagship. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to speak to more than anything else. Is having if you have a flagship, if you have a recipe you've perfected, sometimes people are going to like that and they're going to want to keep coming back for that. But there's going to be a lot of craft beer people these days who just want to try something new, especially with things like Untapped and different apps out there. And then all and, these new like cool. You're dialed in a, a, a like they mention. Um, Sierra Nevada, right? Sierra Nevada, yeah. Sierra Nevada, Deschutes, Mirror Pond. Um, that's great. Ten years ago, those were great beers. But you know how many new hops are there since then? 
thousands of new hops coming out. Like every year there's a new hop. You know, like Cashmere just blew up on the scene this year. Idaho 7 blew up last year. Like, you know, Strata's like danky and out there. So, like, it's worth it one off because I want to try these new hops. I want to try these new flavors. Even if it's like not that great, it's something I want to try and new and exciting new things whatever fuck it i'm just saying there's an argument both ways but i also i think that the what we've been seeing recently with trends with beer is that unless you're a big established brewery like uh you know sierra nevada or deschutes you're probably not going to be successful if you're not bringing anything new to the market Mm -hmm. because it's just not i mean that's what people want right now so i i think that the i think sierra nevada i think deschutes i think to a certain extent maybe red hook are satisfying that need for the consistent beer. Um, but the uh, desire for new things is not going to go away. I don't it think. Made me think this field of greens that I'm drinking, I think this is the Michelle or Michael or whatever it is. Uh, Michelle. Uh, they just do a different variation each time. Same beer, change it up a little bit. Well, and maybe that's where it's going. Instead of having it be one beer that's consistently the same, it's a recipe that's changed just a little bit every just, year just because a of a different tweak. yeah, because of a different hop. That may be where it's actually going is is kind of in that direction. I don't know. I'm gonna go, we're gonna go to a place tonight, and I'm gonna go try to find every new beer that I haven't had before. That's just the nature of the beast with me. Okay. And if I go to a place where I've had all the beers, and this is what's happening a lot lately, because you just have a cider. Uh, yeah, and I have a claw. You have a claw? No, there's no law when you're drinking the claw. Hmm. Or you're above the law when you're drinking the claw. This is not a good message to be sending to people. Okay. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. You're not above that law. Nobody's no. above that law. Jesus. Well, do you think he can turn the wine back into water once he's already drank it? Can you get a DUI riding a horse? I think you can, actually. Someone call in. and. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I know you can get one while you ride a bike. So Yeah, my roommate did once. That's hilarious. College, man. College. All right. Next next one. Do, do, do crowlers. Okay. I don't see the trend dying. Like I so what I heard the people the places that don't like to do crowlers is because there's a set amount of space and they cost a lot of money. But if you have that capital and you have that space, I think crowlers are magnificent. Well, I think it's a nice way to Bjorn, don't eat that. That's normal. Um Thank you. Um, <laughs> Dog was eating a cork. Drink less wine. I don't even know how that got on the floor. Um, wow. Well, no, I, I haven't had wine like that in a couple days. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that like they're great if the place already has one, and you're, um, you know, how you just want to take a couple beers home because you don't have to pay for the glassware for like a squealer or a um growler i just constantly forget to bring my growler first of all i don't bring a growler anywhere um just because i don't necessarily need four beers of the same beer because i want new fresh new beers the only time i ever get like a a growler of anything is if i know we're going somewhere yeah like if we're and it's like and i want to share with people yeah like a new three-way just came out and so we're gonna run over and fill up a growler of it and take it to a barbecue yes but crowlers, 32 ounces, two pints, boom, perfect. It requires less planning ahead on my part, but more planning ahead on the, the, on brewery, the brewery or, tap or the taproom's yeah. part. Anyways, I don't think that trend's dying. Ravenna's still doing it. Skookum's still doing it. And that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of breweries out there that are doing it. There's a lot of places that don't. If you go to a bar, or a bar and you don't, they don't have crawlers, it's not the end of the world. You'd be like, oh, whatever. Who cares? But if you go in, you're like, oh, I'll take a crawler to go. It's nice to have. Yeah. I appreciate when places have it. That's a weird trend. They're like, don't need, like, people are going to get tired of it. Like, but why? Um, I think a bigger argument for a trend, and I think that we've already seen this, is that bottles are going away. Yeah, cans. Boom. Yeah. Unless you're aging the beer for whatever reason. but All right. So let me talk about this one here. Because I think they, they have a different version of what this means compared to me. So they said the 2019 that one of the trends in Uzi is the sellout culture. Uh, Stone Beer, and this is to quote them, quote, uh, Stone Beer and IPA didn't stop being good just because you could purchase at the airport bar, just like Portugal the Man doesn't suck suddenly because he had a number one single. Yet there's a strong vocal hipster demographic eating up small release beers that taste like ice cream and acting like any brewery that existed before they turned 21 is irrelevant uh, or worse total sellouts unquote but to me so okay sell out a brewery like okay we can find wingman brewers at the airport is that a sellout no what a sellout to me is red hook because they sold to ab they sold to ab mm-hmm. or any brewery that sold um you know two beers is owned by a french um, supermarket is stone still independently owned i have no clue because i can't remember the last time i've had a stone beer and what about sierra nevada i think they're independently owned still okay there's some of the big ones out there that are still independent like deschutes is still independently yeah owned. yeah no i know that but is deschutes a sellout because they're everywhere and you can find them no i don't think so so but to me a sellout is any brewery that sells to one of the big you know chains and to me that like i don't like once a brewery becomes a sellout like okay i drink coors coors light because sometimes it's easy sometimes i'm tailgating and i need cheap beer to play beer pong with or beer games or whatever but i don't go out of my way and be like ooh, i need to have this brewery because it's owned by them and then generally it's the opposite of like uh you know what i'll try someone who's independently owned so i know the the money is going to an owner and not a series of stakeholders or shareholders yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I I agree with his point in as far as like if it's a good beer, it's a good beer, and like, and I also agree with his take on Portugal the Man because I still like that band. Um, I mean, Portugal the Man, I you know, whatever. I really like that band. Um, but you know, I don't know. I also like to support smaller businesses if I have that option. I just think I have a different terminology of a sellout. If a, if a brewery gets big, that's not a sellout. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's just mar- and marketing. And I think that's what he's kind of more getting at. A selling is when you get rid of your shareholders or your owners. for. But you get, then again, I, and I've talked with multiple brewers about this. If AB came in, it's like, we're going to give you $4 million to sell your uh, brewery to us. You'd be like, hell to the yeah, I am. Yeah. And then be like, you know what? Call me sellout. I'm rich. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out on my private island. Yeah. Mercer. I don't know. Anyways. That's just my so I don't even know where we land on that. The, the sellout culture and like no people are gonna still be mad about it. Still so like whatever. I think I you don't have know, to I define what sellout I, is I in order to kind of answer that question. If it's just because they're become a big brewery, then no, I don't agree with that. Like, or I, if it's just because they're become a big brewery, I don't think that makes them a sellout. All right, pastry beers. Give me an example of a pastry beer. Um, anything from... Train's going. All right, train. I had to pause for the train. So anyways, um, so example would be anything from like Decadent. Oh, where they do like the toasted marshmallow. And toasted stuff. marshmallow, yeah. the elderberry, okay. elderberry mochi. Okay. Yeah. Is that trend going to die? 
I don't think so. I don't think it's a super popular trend, but especially with darker beers, not everybody likes a porter or a stout. But if you add something a little sweet to it, you might grab a different demographic that's willing to drink that beer. I don't know how popular that trend is, but I don't think it's going to die. I think you're going to continue seeing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I mean, wingman's. Been I don't doing think it well. it, I don't think enough breweries do it. So I mean, yes, th- it happens with dark beers, but that's been going on for so long. Like the s'more stout from Base Camp, and like, um, like you said, wingman's done all the like coconut and yeah, um, chocolate and all different mm-hmm. co- combinations of porters that you can possibly imagine. Um, the only brewery that I think I know of that's doing it for non-porters is decadent yeah, and they're so killing it like, to I've... me it seems like it's more of a niche market than it is a trend mm-hmm. so um i don't think it, i don't know that it's going to gain the popularity of like the hazy ipa mm-hmm. but i don't know that i think it's going to die out either i think it's just gonna i think the people who like it really like it and the people who are kind of not don't, as into it are just not it. not yeah. ordering those beers yeah. so simple as that yeah I think it's right. niche. this is a trend that i want to die Forming lines at breweries. I hate the line culture. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. I don't want to wait in line. One reason why I hate Russian River for all these years is you have to wait in a line to fucking wait in a line. So you got to wait in a line to get your goddamn name on the list. And then you wait in a line again to get into it. And then you sit there and you jerk off for a while. And people are like, oh, my God. Look, I don't go to Disneyland because I don't like waiting in lines, and I just don't think I'm... I just don't have a lot of patience for lines in general. Yeah. Like, there will be something I really want to do, and I'll walk up and see a long line and be like, I can do it later. Yeah. I don't need to queue up. Yeah. Because we were in Europe recently. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't like... Holy Mountain's doing a release, so I'm staying the fuck away from there. Or, like, when we did... Like, maybe the last time I waited in a line was Urban Family, Urban Family Ravenna. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm friends with Tommy at Ravenna, and I'm going to support him and his endeavors. All right, next trend, and I don't think this was even a trend. This was a discussion for about six seconds during the Super Bowl, talking about corn. Who cares? Wait, when corn? Uh, corn I mean, syrup I remember us talking about this during the uh, Super Bowl. Corn syrup and beers. Okay, not a trend. No, it's died quicker than this article probably even took to write. Like people were like. Oh my god! But they use corn. Oh yeah, but uh, was it Coors use corn syrup? But Budweiser uses rice syrup. Rice syrup, yeah. Who cares? I don't know. That was a weird argument. Um, that was like trying to find. And it's a- not like it's high fructose corn syrup. It's just corn syrup. It's just whatever. Dumb. All right, this one's not dying. Milkshake IPAs not dead yet. Uh, not dead yet. But I feel like I'm seeing less and less of them. Um, I bet they you they were like real hot and heavy there, like a little bit ago, and they're kind of. I bet you there's two of them on tap at Brewmaster's Tap Room right now. I know there's at least one because I had it the last time we were there. <laughs> it may not still be there, but it was, I mean, there it was, was one last. It wasn't time. gonna be like there wasn't gonna be like you know every IPA is gonna be a milkshake IPA, but people adding lactose into it, making these real milkshakey heavy IPAs, creamy heavy. Yeah, yeah. P- people are gonna do it. There's, I mean, it's just it is. Um, I don't think it's going to die. I don't think it's going to last however long the hazy IPA trend lasts. Right. But that's just my opinion. All right. Last trend here. Okay. The annual pumpkin beer freak out. I'm going to freak out every year because I hate pumpkin beers. But you know what I do love? 
freshies. I've already yeah. had my, I already had my first freshie of the year. Really? Yep. And uh, Fremont is just advertised on Instagram yesterday, two days ago. They're like Field of Ferment series and they're um, Kawichi Canyon and those ones. Mm-hmm. So those those freshies are coming out soon. But I don't care about pumpkin beers. I don't like pumpkin. I don't well, like pumpkin seeds. I don't like pump- carving pumpkins. I like carving pumpkins. So <laughs> now that you've talked a big game about this, we always go to the pumpkin beer festival every year. From Elysian sellouts. Yeah, but I like that event. I'm not going to lie. It's like a fun little fall festival. I don't like I can have about two of the pumpkin beer samplers before I'm kind of like, all right, that's enough pumpkin beer for me. Um, but I, I guess I like I don't mind the pumpkin beer craze because I just enjoy fall and it's one of those like fall's coming things because mm-hmm. I, I don't drink pumpkin beers. I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes, but I like everything else about fall. <laughs> so I'm not going to like I'm not going to shit on anyone else's fall parade. Fall's great because of football. Oh, that's about it. College football. It's already start- Season's already started. UW starts Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yeah. I'm going to crush so many Coors Lights. Oh. And also a couple craft beers. I always start the tailgate off with a couple craft beers. What I like to do is I like to drink a beer from the opposing city or state. We're playing Eastern, so I got to find some Spocompton beers to start the tailgate with before I get into the cheap beers for drinking games. But so maybe some No Lie. No lie. Big props to uh, Gibbs, who's been on the podcast, who's over at No Lie Brewing now. Mm-hmm. Um, Congratulations on your new gig. Mm-hmm. He is the, he, what I believe he, over there, he just uh, drinks a lot of beer now. He's like the head beer. Drinker. Just head beer. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, those are all the trends I have. Did you have any trends that you, I remember you mentioned that you had a few also. So I looked some up um, and I found one article that had a couple of trends that I hadn't known were trends so <laughs> the loggers that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> loggers are making a comeback I, I agree with that loggers are making a comeback so you as somebody who's a little bit more immersed in like the beer recipe stuff mm-hmm. than i am i'm just gonna kind of corn run, run a couple by these corn is not one of them the first one oats uh, and this is the new school uh Newschoolbeer.com, five hottest beer trends of 2019. Okay. Uh, and the guy who wrote it is called Samurai Artist. That's, I think that's his biblical name. Yeah. And I think this was published on July 30th, 2019. Okay. And I have no idea where this is uh, based out of, this blog. Right. Um, so the first one is Japanese rice lager. Okay. That's a trend? Um, I mean, I can go to Wajimaya and get a couple of couple Japanese rice lagers, and then I think they all taste the same. So he's, his argument is that a Japanese rice lager is a lot like, is Japanese in the same way that a Mexican style lager is Mexican, where it's just kind of like the name because of the ingredients. Because it was just the style we're talking about. I bet. Yeah. So um, I've, Japanese I've, lager uses rice instead of um, corn. I think so Matchless came, came out with a rice lager. So he has examples here, and it, one of them is from Japanese rice lager, Wayfinder Dry, uh, Breakside White Tea Lager. Uh, this guy might be based out of Oregon. Great Divide Samurai Rice Ale. I mean, I love Ruatory Max in Dice. This guy has to be out of Portland. Yeah. He's named three Portland breweries and a Denver one. Yeah. Um. So that's not a trend I've seen anywhere, really. Um, but but I will 
say this, that I don't ever order lagers. He might be taking a stab. I mean, I haven't asked, is there a Japanese rice lager? They might just be a lager that they used more rice in. But rice tends to be a cheaper uh, like ingredient. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of breweries use rice. So maybe, but I think that person took a swing in the swing, swing and a miss with a try and get just a trend here. Getting it to be a trend. Well, yeah. maybe it's more popular down in Oregon. Well, I'll be That's there in two weeks. Possible. Uh, the next one is the Italian style Pilsner slash dry hopped lager slash IPL. Lowercase has one. Yeah. That's about all I've seen so far. I will say I've seen more of these coming around recently. Okay. But yeah. Again, not a style I necessarily go after. And the, the and this guy also may have just a completely different taste in beer than I do. Because <laughs> I don't see anything about sours on here. Yeah, that's a trend that I want to die. Get rid of it. Uh, the next one is Brute IPAs in parentheses with flavorings. Ah, uh, see, that's what... It's funny because I remember talking to Gibbs saying a Brute IPA would be wonderful with Blackberry. Mm-hmm. I want a dry but a little bit of flavor. And his response was... Airways won't do it unless someone does it first and becomes popular. So, so, uh, but I haven't seen a lot of them. I've seen a couple brutes with flavorings. Um, five, uh, five rights had a brute that I don't know if had flavor, but it, they advertise as a real juicy tropical, opposed to dry for some reason. That's catches my mind. So also. for fruited uh, brute IPAs, check out Break Size uh, Current Strawberry Oregon. Sparkler, <laughs> Portland, um, Ecliptic Star Party, Portland. And Vagabond Brewing's Disco Panda. Where is Vagabond out of? We've been there before, haven't we? I don't know. I drink a lot. But I feel like we've been there. That sounds familiar. Um, the next one is Rosé-inspired beers. Ooh. I have seen a few of these around. I've seen a lot of Rosé-inspired ciders. Well, one of the ones he lists is Portland Cider's Pineapple Rosé, mm-hmm. which I like. I get it. They're kind of... Cider and beer. Cider and beer. They hold hands. I mean, you're going to go. They hold hands, but I don't feel like they're the same thing. No, no, no. Well, it's made with apples, for fuck's sakes. But then he named a couple uh, Oscar Blues New Rosé for days, um, but that uses magenta colored prickly pear cactus and hibiscus. Oh, man. Prickly pear IPA. Yeah, I know. Oh, from Goldwater Brewing down in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I would try that rosé for days. That sounds like a good beer. So if anyone wants to kick that up to me to try that out. Um, and then the last one, I think, is the Kavik beer. Oh, that trend is still like... And I think that's still going strong. It's still going on. It. Um, I wrote it. We wrote an article about it and about how <clears throat> it could be the next big thing about wintertime. And there's... It was a... Um, you saw it a lot for a while. And then it's just kind of holding on strong. You'll see breweries pop it up and doing it for a little bit. Then they'll go away. Um, I le- absolutely love the flavor. It gives a little bit more of that farmhouse flavor. So it's a little. Some people you say say like I, I get a dank flavor out of it. A real, real like, as my our buddy Mikey says, gym socks flavor. I get a real like just that real dank, moist flavor out of those. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the last three way with a strata, which I thought was really, really like some people are like, ooh, that's not good. I'm like, ooh, I like that. Um, and I get that out of it. Um, I know it gives uh, people the uh, the tum rums a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think any like yeast, especially a farmhousey yeast, is going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that trend continue. Yes, I w- um, and it doesn't have to be like every IPA is Kavik. Just occasionally brew a Kavik, and I'm all in. 
Also, if you want to visit tastelikehomebrew.com, I wrote a nice article about Kaviki yeast. You wrote a nice article about it? We wrote it together. Fucking right, Dougie. <laughs> Matt did literally, literally all the research. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, those are trends. I think, the, I think basically my conclusion at the end of going through both of these lists is that what we consider trends... Um, is based a lot on like what what we like. Yeah, your personal yeah. Like, opinions so if you're things. like if you like a light beer, you're gonna be looking for those trends in the light beer area. If you like a traditional, not a lot of change, you're gonna be looking to kind of have the market trend that way. If you're kind of like us and you like a little bit more variety, then you're kind of looking for the market to change that way. So I think we're all just kind of looking for what we like. And there's so many breweries out there that you can pretty much find anything you want. Yeah. And there's make some, an argument for it. There's something out there for everybody. Yeah. That's the cool thing about this American craft beer revolution that's more or less taking over the world now. I mean, we went to Scotland and we were able to find some good craft beers coming oh, out of Oh, so much better than the first time we went. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like I mean, the last <laughs> time we went, it was like you could, you could get brew dogs or you could get a warm cask beer. And I don't like warm cask beer. I know that people, some people do, and it's fine if it's your jam, but it's not for me. And it was the first time we were in Europe, I was like, hmm. This podcast is sponsored by Machine House Brewing. <laughs> It's not. But you love Machine House. I do because I mean it. because like, I just because I don't like something doesn't mean other people shouldn't like it. Oh no no! If I don't like something, nobody should like it. Death to sours. Cheers. Oh, you're drinking a sour, you disgusting wench. That was uncalled for. Oh. Anyway. I mean, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Um. Should, should we move on to a couple outdoor? Yeah, a couple places that we've been to recently or like to frequent that is dog mm-hmm. friendly because we, you know, it's end of August, but we still got nice weather all through September and into early October. Yeah. And you're going to want to take the pooch outside. Yeah. So especially this time of year when it's too warm. So sometimes in like February, March, April, when the weather in Seattle is really temperate, we can kind of take Bjorn, our dog, with us and... Um, if we can't bring him in a particular area, we can leave him in the car for a little bit with the windows cracked and some water and he's still perfectly fine. I put in Coors Light in there. Um, this time of year in like July, August, when it's just too warm to do that, one of the things we have to do before we go out and taste beer is check to see if it's going to be dog friendly. Web, uh, breweries just literally on the website say if you're dog friendly or not. Yeah. And it's like a big help. And it saves us from having to stand outside of your brewery with one of us holding the dog and the other one going in, can we bring your dog? And then having to like be like, well, I guess we're not coming here, um, which is just not like a great feeling to do as a dog owner. And I'm sure not a great feeling for your uh, bartenders to have to tell people that they can't come in. Yeah. So um, just put it on your website about me. It's real easy. Um, yeah. I'd literally just on the top say kid friendly, dog friendly. Yeah. Or have food. Let's talk about a couple of our places that we... And even if you have food, that's fine. Just say it on your website that you can't bring your dog. Yeah. Or if Uh, you have a food truck, you can't bring dogs in most of the time. Anyways, continue. Go. Okay. On Sunday, we took our dog to Skookum. That was the first place. So good. Yeah. You know what my biggest gripe about Skookum is? Too many dogs and too many good beers. (laughs) Uh, Literally the two best things about it. AT&T has crappy service up there. Oh, they do have crappy service up there. But you shouldn't be on your phone. But if you're like me and you like to check things in, it's a little bit of a pain in the balls. But anyways, uh, when we were there, we probably it was probably like 15 dogs there. It was great. And our dog was just having like 
Oh, some oh, serious was, FOMO yeah. because... He, all he wanted to do was play with all the other dogs. Yeah, but we can't have our idiot dog run around a brewery. Well, and it's not 100% fenced in, so there's, n- like, if you turn your eye for a second, they could run away, so... What, onto the airport, the Arlington airport? Well, onto the road. Anyway. Be um, a responsible dog owner. But anyway, Skookum's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, you can't go wrong Skookum. there. It's always going to have good beer um, and just, like, a great place to take your dog. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, one we haven't necessarily been to recently... Um, but made the list because this is the place that we were at where we decided to adopt our current dog. Cloudburst. Yes. Yes. So you're, so far you're just naming places that make really good uh, IPAs. Well, yeah. And overall beer, but IPAs. I'm just doing ones that kind of off the top of my head that I thought of that I know we've been to somewhat recently. I don't think we've actually been to Cloudburst with Bjorn, Mm-mm. but we were at Cloudburst about a month or so after we lost our previous dog and we'd been kind of looking at other dogs thinking about it is it too early and then somebody brought in a dog that looked exactly like our old dog so then we hopped on the yakima humane society and picked him out and matt picked him up the next day and that's how we got bjorn so (laughs) he inspired um the actual follow-through of adopting our dog so skookum has much more space than cloudburst does so be wary of that cloudburst can get very very packed yeah so if it is one of those like right after work hours and you have your dog it might not be super like or if you have a dog that's maybe a little reactionary to being in uh claustrophobic settings Mm -hmm. or one that's really really big and needs a lot of room to stretch out if you got a nice chill dog that just wants to sit next to you while you drink a beer and especially if you live in seattle perfect anyways next uh gruff Oh, Bellingham. Mm-hmm. We're going way up north. Yeah, Gruff, we're kind of all over the board here. Big outdoor space at Gruff. Mm-hmm. Um, we got water dishes for the dogs. Uh, the uh, bartenders are always super friendly, and they're always like, oh, my God, look at your dog. I mean, the, that's one of the good things, like best things when people acknowledge our dog being awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. I'm average as fuck, but my dog is hot. Well, I mean, have you seen him? Yeah. It's a great dog. Um. Yeah, it's got a great that great outdoor patio area. I've never been there when it's been like a crazy packed, so I always feel like it's pretty comfortable to bring your dog there. Um, but that said, don't blame me if you go there and it's just crazy one day. Bellingham has so many options. I mean, I don't know if you talk about structures as dog friendly too. I had not had them on my list, but that's what I was hoping to have was just kind of a free will and conversation <laughs> about some great places. Structures to take your is dog. also dog friendly, but much like Cloudburst, structures is tiny, even much much smaller than. Um, Cloudburst. But we also saw the world's largest dog there. Oh, that was such a bear. And that was a giant fluffy dog. And also that we saw a cat there. Oh, that's true. So uh, Structures is cat friendly for those who are uh, inquiring about the availability of taking your cat to breweries. So that's... That, oh, is a good time for everyone? That's that's happening. Uh, Twin Sisters up there was dog friendly too, I believe. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that. Um, they're the one that has the big um, outdoor area, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of they have a tap room and then outside of the tap room there's like a courtyard and I thought they had games and stuff there, mm-hmm. but it's been a little bit since we've been up there. I don't know about Colshin. I would like, they don't have food. They have food trucks, so maybe, but anyways, Bellingham, ha- Bellingham's a very dog friendly town. Yeah. Bellingham's a, it's a college town. It's friendly to everything. Is Aslan dog friendly outside? probably but i recommend not taking your dog to aslan even if it's outside it's way too busy there yeah i would agree with that there always is a big wait and they can't obviously you can't take it in because they have a wonderful restaurant i don't even know about their barrel room 
I'd assume that's not, I don't I, was, I don't remember ever seeing the dog. In there. I don't think that that is because it's also um, that's where they do a lot of their sours and like their different beers. That's where you so. get all the good yeast from. Um, I I kind of think they don't um, do dog friendly there. Um, another one uh, outside three magnets. Yep, outside out on out on the patio, not inside because they're a restaurant, but outside on their patio on a nice day. It's a good place to take your dog. Mm-hmm. Also, good beers, good IPAs. Very, very good beers. Just name of these places that rock these IPAs, though. I know. And can you think of any other ones that we've been to with him like recently? Or I mean, maybe you've been to without me? Um. Yes. Bill Breaker. Outside, big, big area with dogs. Are they they're dog friendly outside? I believe so. Didn't we take Lupa there once? Maybe not. Uh, we took her to... Uh, what's the one in Roslyn? Oh, uh, Roslyn Brewing. Yeah, we took her there, okay. and they were dog friendly outside, but not inside. Oh, uh, but they had the window you could uh, buy beers through. Mm-hmm. Tanum is Tanum Tanum and Clay Ellum's dog friendly. Okay, is Mule, uh, Mule and Elk? Probably there's oh they do have they do have pizzas and stuff there, so it might be they have a big outdoor area though too, or not huge, but they definitely have plenty of seating. But Tanum, they had a like walked in and there's always a dog there to greet you. Um, I know a humble abode in Spokane. Is dog okay. friendly over on that side? Um, trying to think what what else is dog friendly around here. Um, Whipsaw is dog friendly in Ellsberg. Just kind of naming places outside the city a little bit. That's what, I mean, it's inside outside. A lot I mean, of like anywhere. a lot of, and a lot of tap rooms are going to be dog friendly too. I don't uh, think you can have a conversation about a dog friendly place to drink beer without mentioning Brewmaster's Tap Room. <laughs> yeah, that's the the ultimate dog friendly yeah. place. I think the last like. I never use uh, my phone anymore, but probably the last 10 calls I had, seven marked to a brewery or a bar asking if they're dog friendly. Yeah. That's the only time because like if I can't see it on their website right away, just call them, especially, I mean, if they're open, it's, the problem is when I'm doing like research and they open at noon and it's 11 and we want to get around it open, but we don't know if it's dog friendly. Yeah. And we still have like a half an hour, 45 minutes to That's drive what happened. There. We went to like, even though, you know, went to five rights this last weekend mm-hmm. and they weren't dog friendly. They were a cool brewery, though. They're very cool brewery. And the um, coffee shop that they share a space with um, has amazing food. Yeah. And it's a cool spot. The, uh, the owner seems really, really, really cool. So I highly recommend going to Five Rides, but just, you know, can't bring your dog. Yeah. Is there any other uh, dog-friendly bars you want to talk about, or is Brewmasters your last one? Uh, Well, I lost my list, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it went. I've been doing this off the top of my head. Um. So I can't I can't think of any right now, but I like this as a segment in general or as something that we discuss in addition to beer, because I think that's something that a lot of people wonder is if it's going to be dog friendly or not. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing. And actually. I've had more than one person reach out to me and be like, hey, we're going somewhere this weekend. Uh, what are a couple dog friendly breweries we can go Let's to? Let's start compiling a list. Yeah. There you go. Someone's got to do a compile list of dog friendly. All right. So if you know of a dog friendly brewery. That we have not mentioned on this podcast. And there's only 400 breweries in the state of Washington. Reach out to us on Twitter at Taste Like Homebrew. Is that our Twitter handle? Maybe. I I know we have one. Yeah, I know. I just haven't popped on that one in ages. Uh, Or, you know, I might ask. This might be a thing where I might hit on the Facebook and go to Beer Tasting Seattle. Uh, There's a lot of knowledgeable people and be like, hey, dog friendly uh, bars and just start compiling a list. 
We'll put it up on the website so people have something to reference quickly too. Yeah, I was try and I did try to Google dog friendly breweries. Um, There's a the when I was websites. doing the research for this, but they were all super out of date. Oh. Like they all had like breweries that went out of business two years ago. Well, looks like we have a. At least all the ones that I found. If there's a one that are, is already exists out there, let me know. All right, so we're gonna wind things down now. Yeah, this kind of turned out to be a longer one than I thought it was gonna be. You ramble too much, bro. Oh, I was just really excited to be back. Anyway, so uh, let's end with uh, beer of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go with All Yellow from Skookum. Skookum, delicious beer. Yes, delicious beer. I'm gonna go with Unicorn Floaty. From Pint Size Brewing. Oh. Tiny brewery based out of Seattle, Washington. A buddy of mine uh, was able to score a couple beers and shared them with me uh, yesterday. See, this is what happens when you don't hang out with me on Mondays. You're at soccer on Mondays. Yeah, and then one of my, my left back gets me beer because he gave up a penalty and an own goal. Was that Logan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, so he gave me a sample of beers because he felt bad, I assume. I actually probably did. He probably didn't care one bit. He's just sharing the beer. No, I think he likes to share beers. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So uh, uh, we, we, uh, we'll be coming at you soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another one out in the next week. That's my goal. Yeah. Um, I'd I like to start getting these out more often. Yep. 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 Um, yep. Even if it's like a shorter episode in between yep, longer yep, yep. episodes. Awesome. Anyways, cheers, everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cheers. Follow me at the Matt Holt on Twitter. And me at uh, Samwise206. And uh, you can go follow her on Instagram if you want to see pictures of our dog. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, Bye everyone.